When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometers of range. And Toolmark, the complete tool center, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Don't Well, g'day, good afternoon, and welcome to Sports Day for your Monday afternoon, the 4th of December. A big thank you to Hayes and Marto for a fantastic job this afternoon to uh, get us back from the weekend. And welcome back to Jimmy as well, uh, back from Japan. It's been all the buzz here around the uh, workplace and uh, it's good to have him back, back in the house and uh, back with us here at SEN as it is also with you. So thanks for joining us this afternoon. We've got a lot to get through and we're also going to roll out our best 22 of 2023. I think I've almost picked, you know, the sort of the the skeleton, if you will, of our uh, best 22 for the year. So I'll uh, get your input on that as well uh, very shortly, but I uh, look forward to revealing some of that. We'll go into some of Mitch Johnson's comments and uh, also from uh, hearing just from a couple of different people around the way and what how they took on the comments and also how they've uh, reflected on uh, just why now and uh, the different timing and, you know, just the content of sort of what has been said. Uh, we've seen James Erskine, Dave Warner's manager, go on Sports Day Victoria. So we'll have some of the comments that he made from there as well. But uh, plenty to get through this afternoon on Sports Day with Paul Heath. Uh, the temperate bedshed text line is the best place to get involved. 0487 736 736. Or, of course, you can give us a call this afternoon on 13 12 55. That is thanks to Bedshed, the experts in temper mattresses, pillows, and adjustable bases. You can check the range of temper products in store or visit bedshed.com.au. And we are here thanks to Kia. Epic has arrived. The all-electric Kia EV9, the all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 45 years. And a big welcome to Nutrient Ag Solutions going further for Australian farmers. So uh, very excited to have you here with us on Sports Day this afternoon. But for the good oil for Cobram Estate, uh, premium Australian extra virgin olive oil, uh, let's take some comments, shall we, from Dave Warner's manager, uh, James Erskine, when he joined uh, Sports Day Victoria earlier this afternoon with sort of his, well, a bit of a word from inside the Warner camp, if you will, and how they've taken on uh, some of the comments from Mitch Johnson's article and also what, they've, what they're feeling about how they've reflected on some of the other responses so far after Mitch Johnson's article, which has just absolutely bounced David Warner. Here is Dave Warner's manager, James Erskine. 
I haven't spoken to him, and and you know, quite frankly, it, it would not be on his radar or or really my radar. It wasn't until I actually got a note from you, you know, that I actually started reading it. I mean, look, Mitchell Johnson was a fine player, um, and uh, you know, represented Australia. Um, you know, I think got three hundred and over three thirteen Test wickets, and he's entitled to his opinion. Um, but at the end of the day, what surprises me is all these ex-cricketers who uh, basically have a crack at the current lot. I mean, you would never get that happening in golf where Arnold Palmer was criticising, you know, Nick Faldo or whether, you know, you know, Chrissy Everett would have a crack at somebody else, you know, who was currently playing. And I, I, I think it's a bit sad in a way. I mean, um, you know, I, I, I don't think... I'm sure they have an opinion, but I think it's to get a headline. And um, you don't, I mean, my Black Labrador could work out that, you know, who are the contenders to basically take the spot? I mean, there's Cameron Bancroft, there's Matthew Renshaw, there's Marcus Harris. I mean, collectively, they have averages of, you know, in the mid-20s. I think the highest is 29 and the lowest is 25. And, uh, you know, David Warner's played 109 test matches and you know, got an average of 44, 44.4, got over eight, eight and a half thousand runs. So if, if anyone listening thought that David Warner wanted to play test cricket for Australia, if he didn't think he was up to it, you know, then they're wrong. He's He's been a battler all his life. You know, he's a guy from the wrong side of the tracks. He's a guy that's, you know, gone and scraped a living and gone and done this and been very successful at it. But he doesn't want to just. He doesn't want a swan song. He wants to. He thinks he's the best guy for the job, and I. I think the figures show it. But you know, I think if he goes and gets two ducks in the first Test match, they'll drop him. But you know, he won't. That's David Warner's manager, James Erskine, uh, sort of responding to Minch Johnson's article on Sports Day Victoria earlier this afternoon. So just repeating a couple of those comments. Quite frankly, it would not be on his radar or even my radar. Mitchell Johnson was a fine player and he's entitled to his opinion. I think it's a bit sad in a way. I think it's to get a headline. He's been a battler his whole life, David Warner, he's talking about there. He doesn't want a swan song. He thinks he's the best guy for the job, and I think the figures show it. And I think if he goes and gets two ducks in the first test match, they'll drop him. But he won't, such is the uh, confidence there of uh, Dave Warner's manager. But let us know your thoughts on the uh, ongoing uh, <laughs> onslaught or you know saga. Is it all those in favour of calling it a saga at the moment? 0487 736 736 or give us a call this afternoon on Sports Day 13 12 55. Uh, that's thanks to Coverham Estate, Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil grown, harvested and first cold pressed in northern Victoria. But uh, let's ju- jump in after that to our top five at five. Thanks to Novus. There's a Novus Autoglass near you on 13 22 34. We're going to go through five of the biggest moments across the weekend that you might have missed or might have just been loving to check out as well. And let's get it underway right here. Number five. And a Cotton three. from the corner. Oh! See, that was planned the whole time, Tim. Ty Webster steps around Valentine and the crowd is making some noise. Bolden. <laughs> Gets around and jams it in oh. and stares down Pinder. Saar jams it in foul. and foul. And one. Saar read it well off oh. the glass and makes the two. Bryce, yes. 
makes the three and Pertha back in front. Cotton for three. There he is. Bang. Oh. Big block, Pinder. Wow. Wow. He's off the glass yes, and sir. makes the two and he goes on the line. Foul shot, got his own rebound and put it back in the hole. Off the glass, oh, no, he's just over the top of Adams and all of a sudden this crowd is making some noise. Bruce, the fadeaway, Usher, oh, big that's two. Tough. That's clutch by Usher. So Perth are going to win. This will be six in a row and this will be the sweetest of them all. Jeez, and the man it. who has the ball in his <laughs> hands says, that is my job. 41 points, Bryce Cotton. Perth win. 12,000 fans are on their feet, standing together. 114-105. Yeah, and a great job from Tim Gossage and Mike Ellis to call the game on Friday night as well as the Perth Wildcats extended their win streak, or should that be win streak, to six as Bryce Cotton down 41 points against the Sydney Kings. Just an absolutely crazy game to see the Wildcats put up 114 points and defend against 105 against a Sydney Kings team that was just running so hot. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Bryce Cotton, three-time NBL, NBL MVP, even more remarkable. He had three points a quarter time, 13 at the half. He finishes with 41 overall. Uh, Christian Doolittle had a great cameo in the first quarter. Alex Saar in the third was huge, and Keanu Pinder had 10 points in the final term. Jesse Wagstaff, once again, led from the front. He hit three threes among his 14 points, and he reached double figures alongside Cotton. Uh, Pinder, who finished with 18 points, nine rebounds, and five assists. And Alex Saar, 15 points and five rebounds. A great effort in front of that Miami Heat uh, scout that was there on Friday night and also in front of Tony Yayo. And, of course, hashtag free Yayo. We're all wearing our Yayo shirts back in the early 2000s when uh, G-Unit was a uh, big thing back then, showing my age just the smallest little bit. Both uh, sides struggled to hit their shots early, but Jonah Bolden was not one of those guys that was struggling out there. He uh, finished with 28 points, a team high for the Kings. Couldn't miss at a point out there, and you thought, oh, this could be an ugly night for the Cats, but they got it done, and that's six in a row now. They take it on the road next week before another home game just before Christmas. Uh, so we'll see if they get to make it seven, and then hopefully eight wins in a row, the Perth Wildcats. Number four. It is back-to-back for Ashley Buhai. For the second straight year, she takes the Patricia Bridges Bowl and is the ISBS Hander Australian Open champion. Joaquin Neiman winning his maiden Australian Open crown, his first European Tour victory since joining Live Golf as well. Downing Rakuya Hoshino in a dramatic playoff at the Australian Golf Club on Sunday afternoon. He had a two-stroke advantage uh, at one stage, but hit a bogey on the 17th. That brought him back to the field a little bit before making a stunning birdie on the 18th after hitting his tee shot into the fan area and cut at a stunning 5-under 66 to lead by one in the clubhouse. Hoshino made a birdie 
30 on the 17th to tie it, but made victory in regular play an outside chance when he found trouble off the tee on 18th. But uh, when it went to the uh, extra holes, Neiman turned it on with a shot where he couldn't see the green, but put it into an almost eagle to take out the championship from there. So Minwoo Lee started the day in a share of the lead with Hoshino, but failed to really fire for the second day in a row, making only one birdie and two bogeys to finish one over for the day and two strokes off the lead in third. He only made two birdies in his final 32 holes. And uh, on the last day as well, six players held either the outright or shares of the lead on what was a dramatic final day at the Australian and certainly putting out the calls for more big tournament golf here in Australia because we just do a fantastic job of holding on to it. Number three. They put it into the middle of the ground. But it's all over. Brisbane stamp their authority on the AFLW. One of the most successful teams claims their second premiership in five attempts. Brisbane victors by 17 points. I hope people like the style of play we deliver. I don't know what you felt like as a spectacle today. Did you enjoy the footy? Yeah, it's um, look, we're, we're, we're high pressure and you know a bit manic going forward. We'd like to have a little bit more cleaner method going forward, but um, we enjoy playing that style. We think our supporters love it, um, and we like to go forward and score. So you know, a seven goal to um, whatever North had four, like that's. That's a much better outcome than what we had last year when we were sort of two goals each, which was sort of something that I know we lost the game, but it sort of grated on me a little bit that we'd sort of put on a not such a good spectacle. Oh, it's got to be disappointment. Um, you know, we spoke spoke about climbing the mountain and uh, we've taken so many steps forward and, you know, even at uh, three quarter time, you know, to be in a position, you know, to put ourselves in a position to, uh, to win that game. You know, win our first ever AFLW Premiership. Um, we were right there, but uh, yeah, just couldn't finish the job. Great end to a fantastic season of the AFLW. You heard the uh, finishing moments. Craig Starsevich, the winning... Uh winning coach and also Darren Crocker, the losing coach there uh, from the two teams on the weekend. But uh, Brisbane turning it around after being the runner-ups last season to get their second AFLW premiership in the club's history. They came into the match after defeating Adelaide in the qualifying final, Geelong in the prelim final, and only had one premiership to their name after four previous tries. But like they'd done all year, North Melbourne fought hard to wrestle the game back across the whole year and into the finals as as well, but ultimately the experience of the Lions proved to be the difference with the help of an Ali Hampson goal. Uh, she kicked two on the day. Best on ground skipper Brianna Conan had 19 disposals and one goal. Uh, she kicked the sealer. The Lions were crowned premiers of the AFLW for season eight after claiming a 44 to 27 victory. A great moment from the weekend. Number two. <laughs> Sounded good, but it's gone straight up. No, it goes over the top. It's six off her first for Hinkley. Oh, my God. I thought that was straight up again. It was going to be fast because that was amazing. She looks to. This time she doesn't get all of it. Underneath it is Barsby who takes the catch. Six and out for Hinkley. Across Lucrecia. Make sure she can reach this ball for the final. Doesn't have the distance. Mashangwe will track back. 
hold on to it, throw it in, and there it is. The Adelaide Strikers have gone back to back, but even bigger for them, they've gone back to back at their home ground. The Adelaide Oval in front of a magnificent crowd, a sea of blue can cheer in. That's the Adelaide Strikers uh, downing the Brisbane Heat by three runs to claim consecutive WBBL titles, chasing Adelaide's five for 125. The Heat reached eight for 122 in Saturday night's final Adelaide Adelaide Oval. It's amazing when they get to these finals that the runs can tighten up. We saw the uh, Scorchers have to chase down about 190 to uh, make it through or try and make it through one of their eliminator finals, but just gets to that final and you wondered if, you know, that 125 would be enough and it certainly was as the uh, the Adelaide Strikers joined the Sydney Thunder, the Sydney Sixers and the Heat as winners of two WBBL uh, crowns. A fantastic crowd of 12,379 was there, the largest crowd ever for a women's cricket game in Adelaide, uh, the second highest for a WBBL standalone fixture behind the 15,500 who attended the 2021 final here in Perth. Talia McGrath, two for 16. Megan Schutt, two for 30. Really tightened the screws before star leg spinner Amanda Jade Wellington delivered the final over with Brisbane needing 13 to win. The Heat required 11 from the last three balls and Michaela Hinckley cracked a six. Next ball, she fell about two metres short of delivering victory when caught just inside the mid-off boundary by Gemma Bar. And with five required off the final ball, the Heat's Nicola Hancock, who earlier starred with the ball, could only muster a single. So Wellington finished with three for 16 and the player of the match award. But the Adelaide Strikers are back-to-back WBBL champions. Number one. The letter that came through just prior to the awards, um, it, it is hard to talk about what it means. The Netball Australia Awards is like one of my favourite events. I don't know, I'm getting emotional about it. Um, yeah, it's yeah, it's been uh, it's been really hard, and I think all of us just want to be able to um, move forward with what we think is fair and reasonable for our playing group. We want to feel like we're we're valued. We want to feel like we're respected and listened to. And um, yeah, hopefully um, tomorrow when um, we're in the room, we'll be able to um, get something done for our players. Sorry, excuse me. We're not unique. Um, is it ideal? Absolutely not. Will there be a, a potential ripple effect? Potentially. But um, every sport goes through a pay, pay negotiation and we've seen a number of them this year and, and none of them really go well. You know, there's a lot of emotion. There's a lot of differing ideas and, and certainly competing agendas. Um, so every sport goes through it. We are not unique, but we, we, we want to get through it as quick as we possibly can because there is so much more to look forward to for this sport and that's where we want to spend our energy. Netball Australia CEO Kelly Ryan and before that Joe Weston speaking about the netball uh, sort of pay war that's been going on and we saw a resolution over the weekend after the sports governing body and the Players Association finally agreed to a new pay deal. Uh, Code Sports was reporting that Netball Australia and the Australian Netball Players Association have agreed on a new CPA that'll run through through to September 2026. Friday's, me- Friday's meeting featured an appearance from Federal Government Minister and former unions boss Bill Shorten and a reiteration of the 21 unanimous resolutions presented by the players on Thursday. At the heart of a new agreement is a revenue sharing model for sponsorship money exceeding projections. The new deal is a revenue share agreement based on the players' terms, not reliant on the super netball competition breaking even. But both parties have agreed that Australian netball's significant debt must be repaid first, but the players will receive an 11% 
3% increase on base salaries over three years, as well as 3% annually on private health insurance contributions and back pay from October 1st, the date from which all players have been uncontracted and unpaid. So it sounds like good news. We'll keep an eye on it and uh, see how it develops. And hopefully we have good news and the uh, Super Netball uh, competition is back on track very, very soon. But that's your top five at five for this Monday. Thanks to Novus. Don't let your old windscreen end up as landfill. Call Novus Autoglass on 13 22 34. You're with Paul Heath on Sports Day for this Monday afternoon. A Simon from Claremont's got involved on the temperate bedshed text line 0487 736 736 is the place to do it if you'd like to do it like Simon has. And he says that Bradman retired with an average of 99. Not really the point, is it? Have to plan for the future at some point. That's around uh, David Warner not wanting a retirement tour, just uh, thinking he's the best man for the job uh, overall. But uh, we'll wait and see how that all uh, continues to develop on. Hey, coming up next, we will give you a little bit of a recap of the Mitch Johnson Goes Bang saga and also introduce you to a couple of our first uh, moments of the best 22 of 2023. That's coming up next on Sports Day with Paul Heath. But uh, Sports Day's thanks to Nutrient Ag Solutions going further for Australian farmers. Find your local branch at nutrient.com.au. We'll be right back just after this. The all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. And Toolmark, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Welcome back to Sports Day. Great to have your company this Monday afternoon. Do get involved on the temperate bedshed text machine. 0487 736 736 or even better give us a call this afternoon so we can hear your lovely lovely voices 13 12 55 thanks to, that's thanks to Bedshed, the experts in temper mattresses pillows and adjustable bases check the range of temper products in store or visit bedshed.com.au but now it is time for a sports news update thanks to Polaris Australia's number one selling a side-by-side brand and I thought you know if you haven't caught up with what's going on with Mitch Johnson and his blow-up. Here's a bit of a recap of just a couple of things that have happened here and there. But he was writing in his column in the West Australian over the weekend, and he called out, Johnson that is, called out the integrity of selection, saying George Bailey, who is the uh, chairman of selectors, is too close to the playing group to make objective and tough calls. And then he used David Warner's um, selection for the Perth test and also the subsequent now in, um, you know, air quotes, farewell tour across the summer as evidence for it. So uh, Johnson went further, slamming the veteran over for not owning the ball tampering scandal, saying the way he's going out is underpinned by more of the same arrogance and disrespect to our country. As we prepare for David Warner's farewell series, can someone please tell me why? Why a struggling test opener gets to nominate his own retirement date and why a player at the centre of one of the biggest scandals in Australian cricket history warrants a hero's send-off. So Johnson then turned to uh, George Bailey, uh, his attention that is, adding, when then Captain Tim Payne's career was uh, ending over the sexting controversy, Chairman of Selectors George Bailey said he didn't want to be part of deciding Payne's fate because the pair were close friends. Bailey said he would leave it to then-coach Justin Langer and fa- uh, fellow selector Tony Dottermade to work it out. So, speaking at a press conference on Sunday, George Bailey defended his closeness with the team uh, and also saying that he completely disagrees with Johnson's belief about the neutrality and the distance and that being the key in making selection calls. So, let's hear, firstly, from George Bailey and his comments that he made yesterday. And just... Um, uh 
one on, uh, obviously, there's a lot of commentary today about a Mitchell Johnson column and a few, you know, things he's had to say about, um, uh, well, Dave and and yourself, and I suppose the function of the of the selectors. Have you have you read it and you, have you got any response to it? No, I've been sent little snippets of it. Um, yeah, well, I hope he's okay. Does, does that comment suggest that you think Mitch is not okay if he's making such bold statements like that? I've got no idea. Uh, to be honest, I don't think now's the probably the appropriate time to go into it. My my question would be, my only question would be, um, or observation would be, if, if someone can can show me um, how being distant and and um, unaware of of what players are going through and what the plans are with their team and with the coaching staff, um, how that's more beneficial. I'll be I'll be all ears. So that's George Bailey responding to Mitch Johnson's article from the weekend, and uh, you know just sort of clarifying his intimacy with the team, saying he completely disagrees with Johnson's belief that neutrality and distance is the key in making selection calls. Thinking that perhaps being close as he is uh, allows him to get to know them as good as he does and uh, make the calls that he needs to make. So that's thanks to Polaris, that sports news update. Polaris plate clearance, their deals are on now. Save $2,000 on the range of 1,000 EPS, plus get $1,000 free accessories. You're on Sports Day with Paul Heath. Get involved on that temperate bedshed. Text line 0487 736 736. We're also here thanks to Kia. Epic has arrived. The all-electric Kia EV9. The all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 45 years and a big welcome to Nutrient Ag Solutions going further for Australian farmers. Now, last week I did uh, tease this a little bit. I wanted to put together a best 22 of 2023. So either, you know, performances or moments from sport and just get them into a best 22 and they can go out and play state of origin footy or whatever they need to do. But it will be a, a team made up of moments from this year. And I thought, what would be, you know, who could be the captain perhaps of uh, this team? And, you know, some would say, you know, maybe re- revealing the captain to last uh, and, you know, the big surprise of it all and that. But I think there's probably a moment that deserves to be the centre-half forward of our team, the best 22 for 2023, and also our captain. So here is that moment. And uh, let us know your feedback on the captain of uh, the best 22 of 2023 and also the centre-half forward. It is Sam Kerr versus England. Australia have won it back. And now there's a break here. Sam Kerr can run it nearly bright. Sam Kerr continues on. Edge of the box. Kerr strikes! to be able to come back and play 90 what she's going through in terms of rehab and lack of training minutes and then pull that out as well it's just 
it's classic Sam Kerr, but I know Sam as well. She's going to think it means nothing because she wants to win. She's a winner. Uh, but in terms of the individual qualities, she, she proved tonight that she's Sam Kerr. It's been tough. I don't think I've missed three. I can't remember the last time I missed three games, honestly, in a row. So um, just, yeah, just had to s stick with the girls and they've done amazing and just had to focus on what I can focus on and then be ready for tonight and the minutes I got on the last two games. So, um, yeah, it's been an enjoyable ride to be on. I guess, regardless of the calf, it's been an amazing honour to be here. There you go. First cab off the rank in the best 22 of 2023, in my opinion, is, of course, Sam Kerr's goal versus England in the semi-final from the FIFA Women's World Cup. And what a tournament it was. But Australia trailing 1-0, uh, less than half an hour to go. Katrina Gorey gets the ball out to Kerr on the, about the halfway mark. And then from there, she just charged at those two English defenders taking that long-range shot and just leaving everyone stunned. A absolutely stunning goal that we'll just be, you know, referring to for the years and years to come. And I think uh, a quality addition to our best 22 of uh, 2023 and the centre-half forward and the captain of our side. Now, I thought, what is the next spot that you would like to have something just, you know, that you cannot you know, pass up that cannot be argued with. And I think Glenn Maxwell's 201 uh, deserves to be slotted in into the full forward position. That's gone way, way back. Way back. Maxwell into the 180s. Far enough, is it? Yes, it is by Anita. Maxwell moves into the 190s. Pushes that through the offside for four more. They won't stop that either. Maxwell at 195. Australia just need five, five runs. Everybody here's on their feet. And Maxwell hits it high. Can it make it? It does make it. Glenn Maxwell. Unbelievable. The most remarkable thing you'll probably ever see in cricket. Physically, how are you doing? Horrific. <laughs> I feel shocking. Um... Yeah, it was obviously quite hot when we were fielding today and, um, yeah, I, I haven't really done a whole lot of high-intensity exercise, I suppose, in the, in the heat and it certainly got a hold of me today and, um, yeah, just luckily enough, um, we came out with a plan to sort of stay at the same end for a little bit until I could sort of get some movement back and luckily enough I was able to stick it out to the end. Yeah, look, it would have been nice if it was chanceless, but I certainly had my chances. I, I led a charmed life out there. I was very lucky and... Um, I suppose just made the most of that. I, I feel like I've had those types of innings before um, where I've given a chance and um, I haven't made the most of it. So to make the most of it and go on with it tonight is probably the most pleasing thing. But, um, yeah, to see it out, be, be not out with Paddy at the end is, is something I'm really proud of. As Glenn Maxi Maxwell joining our best 22 of 2023 with his 201 not uh, saving the day and probably saving the tournament for the Australians there as they went on to then claim that uh, one day International World Cup, a fantastic performance. He slots into the vice-captain role. Also, we will be playing out of full forward. Uh, Sammy Kerr's goal versus England into the centre-half forward position and is also our captain of the best 22 for 2023. You're on Sports Day with Paul Heath for this Monday afternoon. And Sports Day is thanks to Nutrient Ag Solutions. Going further for Australian farmers, find your local branch at nutrient.com.au. Coming up next, we're going to check in with Duck from the Purple Rain podcast. He's going to give us a bit of an inside run on how the Fremantle Dockers have been going so far this pre-season. And, uh, you know, maybe is it too early to get your hopes up or to start thinking about another season a bit later on? 
for the Fremantle Dockers. But that's coming up next on Sports Day WA with Paul Heath. Welcome back to Sports Day. Great to have your company this Monday afternoon. Hope you had a fantastic weekend as well. And, you know, the start of the week has been as kind as it can be to you because it's not going to be completely easy and free, is it? It's just still going to put up a bit of a fight to get the week underway. But uh, after today, it just gets a bit easier from here. Get in touch this afternoon on the Temperate Bedshed text line 0487 736 736. We'd love to hear from you. We already had one from Greg from Les Murdy. G'day, Greg. Saying Glenn Maxwell's 200 for captain of the best 22 of 2023. Well, it made vice captain, Greg, so not too far off the mark there, mate. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, going to be a big uh, 22. If you've got any thoughts you'd like to get in, please get them in on that text number 0487-736-736. Getting ahead of myself and getting too excited to get this next man on the program this afternoon for our Fremantle Dockers update. Let's go to the finest in the land for things, all things perfect. Purple, that is. Let's get Duck from the Purple Rain podcast on to Sports Day. G'day, Duck. How are you? Hey, Hayda. How are you going, mate? That was a, a great... That's a banger. Was that in excess? Um, yeah. I think Grinspoon, Grinspoon covered uh, Don't Change. That was a, an absolute uh, banger of a song, mate. And the, surely in your best 22, you're going to have Dogger Jackson kicking a goal with his pants pulled down at the SCG. That's, that's got to be right up there in your best 22. That's oh. probably better than... <laughs> That's better than Glenn Maxwell scoring 200 against the Afghan, surely. We might be able to fit him on the bench, mate. Um, I don't know if we'll quite get him onto the field in the 18, uh, but uh, it, it's a good suggestion. Nonetheless, Duck, uh, how have you been, mate? Uh, you've got the uh, fatherhood happening now. Uh, yeah, your hands are full. How's it going for you? Yeah, I'm very well, mate. I've, uh, you know, had a, had a little baby Molly May. She's uh, entered my life and my lovely partner Kelly's just looking after her at the moment. So I reckon I've got about 20 minutes before the witching hour starts, mate. She, uh, we give her a bath and then, then a bottle and, and put her to sleep. But look, uh, I took a busy time out of uh, our day to, to manage to, to talk dockers. And anytime someone wants to talk dockers to me, I'm, uh, I'm more than happy. Love it, mate. Love it. So uh, let's dive into a few ins and outs from the off-season. Lockie Schultz, probably the biggest loss, goes to the biggest team in the league as well. Uh, Your thoughts and feelings around that one? Obviously, bombshell. Um, When it came across the wires, very, very shocked. Uh, Lockie Schultz, heart and soul player at the club. Um, A bit of a barometer, you know, when, when he kicks two goals or more, I think we're... At one stage, we'd won 19 games in a row um, when he kicked two or more goals. I think as soon as we mentioned that on the pod, I think that went about <laughs> three and five. Um, so jinx that straight away, as always. But, oh, look, he's, he's a fantastic player and going to be hard to replace. And it's it's the intangibles that are hard to replace with him. Um, and finding another really, really good half-forward that can roll up into the mids and and a guy who can have 20 and kick three or four. Um, they don't grow on trees. We, we look to see if we can replace him with maybe Emmett. Uh, obviously, Emmett was... He was really solid the back end of the year. So if he can step up and, and bring his level to to the level of Lockie Schultz, we'll be very, very lucky. But again, it's, it's, it's a bit of a blow for the Dockers. You don't mm. want to lose guys who are in your best 22. And, you know, Liam Henry and... Liam Henry... And Shooter are both in our best 22, and it, it doesn't help you projecting forward. But look, we're still positive. 
Yeah, we, we try very hard to uh, keep it positive and uh, the wings continue to be an issue for the Fremantle Dockers. Liam Henry made his way to St Kilda in, uh, well, it, it's hard to tell if it was one of the worst kept secrets all year. Everyone sort of had a feeling it was going to happen, but the moves happened. He's out of the team now and he does leave a bit of a, you know, big empty hole on that wing for the Dockers to try and fill. Yeah, and look, you'd have to say that the Dockers are pretty disappointed with Henry going as well. Again, put a lot of time and effort into the young man, but you can't fault any any young person that wants to move to Melbourne. Mm. There's about 100,000 of them from WA every year, young <laughs> young men and women that want to go over to Melbourne and, and experience the laneways and the, the cafes and things like that. But look, you can't, you can't fault the guy um, for going over there. I think looking at Sharp coming in the team by the, the SPS or whatever the hell it's called. Um, he's, he's really, uh, you know, he's, he's training the house down as, as Josh Garlett would say. Um, so he's, he's managed to keep up with Peter Bowl. Uh, he's, he's really, really come in with a great mindset and he, he wants to cement that spot, that vacant spot in the wing. Um, Frederick said that he wants to move up to a wing, which I'd love to see as well. Uh, he's got a lot of a lot of a lot of pace, and and I think that's that's the thing. And the other guy, of course, is one of the forgotten men of the Fremantle Football Club in in Noddy O'Driscoll, who's who's kind of living in the shadow of his sister now. Yeah. Uh, Emma, obviously, winning all Australian and and just having a fantastic season in the AFLW. So, you know, he's he's got a lot to prove, Nathan O'Driscoll, because he really, really didn't progress in the way that. I think Dockers fans and the club thought he would have over the last 12 months. And I know he's had his foot injuries, which have probably hampered him a bit. But, you know, we really need to see another big off-season and, and hopefully he can gain something. Again, Neil Erasmus might be a guy who moves out to a wing. I don't know. I, I'd love to see him more inside. But, look, we, we, we do have people who can go out to the wing. But, uh, you know, and even throwing up maybe even a Heath Chapman out to a wing as a more of a ranger guy and maybe even another forgotten man. And he's not very forgotten that much, but that fight, like, yeah. maybe he can play on a wing. I don't know. It's, it's, it's something a bit freaky, a bit kooky, and, but that might be right up his alley. They are a couple that are on the uh, comeback track, but uh, how about some of the new blood that's coming to the team? Jack Delane, Odin Jones, Ollie Murphy, and Cooper Simpson, the uh, new draft additions. Uh, hopes and dreams for these guys. Were they on your draft board at all, Duck? Oh, you know me. I've got the big board. I've got the vertical, the horizontal. I'm looking at, I'm looking at guys that know. Look, honestly, it's one of those things that we uh, at the podcast we don't we don't know a lot about the draft coming through. We focus more on the guys at the moment. We let those people who are experts at that do that. But I mean, just for example, I called Cooper Simpson Cooper Sampson for about uh, well, pretty much the whole pod. So yeah, Cooper Simpson, the the, the bit of footage they put up of him looked pretty good. Uh, out there um, today at training, but Ollie Murphy's the the one for me that I think could be could be anything. Um, you know, MVP of Vic Metro, All Australian, 200 centimetres, clunks marks, projected to go in the top 20, and he's managed to slide to us. Um, so look, it's one of those things where if you get a guy at 41 who's there, and I think that's it's one of uh, Wolsey's really his his best traits is that he's able to pick guys in the later rounds that become really good football players. Uh, and, you know, I think that's that's something that he's been really, really good at. And hopefully all three of these guys, and even even Odin Jones, who's probably got the best name at the Dockers now, um, can can really come in and contribute something to the club and, and be solid players. You know, they don't, they don't actually have to be world beaters with the squad that we've got. They just need to be in the best 22. And, 
you know, if they can improve where we're at on the on the peripheries, we can definitely take some steps forward. I will uh, forward caveat this next question, Duck, with saying that I don't think they will do something, but the noise maybe is getting a little bit louder about the Dockers' captaincy and when they're going to do the vote, when they're going to, you know, maybe back in Alex Pierce for another year or perhaps do something a little bit different. Uh, what's your read and feel on the move that they're going to make for uh, next year's captain? Oh, look, I'd be disappointed if, if Alex Pierce wasn't captain next year. I think... I don't think people know what captains do in football clubs, like from the outside. I don't think we actually know. I don't... Like, on the football field on game day, captains don't do much. They win the toss. It's not like cricket. I think we get in this mindset like the captain actually matters in football when it comes to the, the game day. What matters is the day-to-day stuff. They're the leader of the, the team within the players. Um, so, yeah, I'd be very surprised if, if Alex Pierce was a one-and-done. I know he didn't have the best season individually, but he, the back end of his season was really fantastic. And, mm. and look, I, I think that's... I, I'd prefer to have Alex Pierce as captain than, than Sarong or Brayshaw at the moment. I think their time will come, um, you know, and I think even the David Mundy, him doing one-and-done, actually leaves a little bit of a bit of taste in my mouth at the club as well because I, I, he's an outstanding leader of men and... He's an outstanding person and human being and for him to get one year as captain and then they pretty much strap him was, yeah, it's a little bit sad um, and to have that, you know, at your pub. But I, I would love to see Alex Pierce go around again and I think the players will probably vote him in again. He, he's, he's an outstanding human being and he really cares. Like, we interviewed him after a game on the, um, the final siren and you could see the hurt in his eyes and the hurt and, like, the amount of... His pain threshold that he goes through every every weekend to play, mm. you know, like his his feet and his legs and things like that, and he puts his body on the line. And I don't think you can ask more than that from a captain sometimes. But yeah, I get a bit sick of the rhetoric of of he's not a good captain. Like we don't know what a good captain is. Yeah. Like what what is a good captain? You know, mm. it's not like we got a Luke Hodge at the club banging down the door. And even when you look at Luke Hodge, she wasn't captain straight away. Sam Mitchell was. So, you know, again, a, a lot of different things that go into what makes a good captain. And it doesn't have to be your best player. That's no. what I'd say. And that's that's a that's a big thing that I've seen. From my limited knowledge of coaching football and things like that, I think it, it just has to be someone that, 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 it, that just gets around the boys a bit yeah. more. And, you know, he seems like a bit of a legend. I wouldn't mind if he cut his hair. That's, <laughs> but that's just... No, we can't have that, mate. We can't have I'm, that. I'm a, I'm a short, short back inside. Yeah, man. I saw that are. photo of you looking like Dickie, mate. Yeah, Mr. Summers, Mr. Summers. To, uh... <laughs> uh, Duck, I wish we had more time, mate. But uh, thank you so much for jumping on this afternoon and giving us a quick update on the Fremantle Dockers. Uh, we can get the Purple Rain podcast from everywhere we get good podcasts from. Yeah, that's it, mate. And if you want to follow us on social media, we're at PurpleRain95 on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Perfect. Thanks for the time, Duck. Appreciate it, mate. Thanks, Ada. That's Duck from the Purple Rain podcast joining us on Sports Day with Hader this afternoon for your Monday afternoon. We'll be right back just after this to wrap everything up. But don't forget, join the, join the Red Army this NBL season by becoming a Perth Wildcats member today. Back with more on Sports Day just after this. The all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. And Toolman, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day.
Thanks for the company on Sports Day this Monday afternoon. And uh, on the text line, the temperate bedshed text line, we've had a moment uh, entered into our best 22 for uh, 2023. A moment I'd like to see in the 2022, in the 22 is Cooper Connolly's innings at the end of the BBL final. That is a very strong shout. We'll uh, put that one down on the list for tomorrow, but we'll have a bit more of the spine revealed tomorrow as well. So look forward to that. But here's a quick community update. Thanks to Firecoat. Be alert and prepared this bushfire season. Stay up to date on all bushfire warnings online with the, with the Department of Fire and Emergency Services. Visit dfes.wa.gov.au. And this community update is thanks to new Firecoat, the first paint proven to protect property in high-risk fire conditions. And it's available at Bunnings Warehouse. And now to save time and water, Irrigir is here with some sports news headlines. The Lions, the Rams and the 49ers were all winners in NFL action today. And don't forget, you can catch the Bengals and Jags tomorrow morning as well for more NFL action. Irrigir offers expert advice and better irrigation solutions to save time and water. Irrigir is here. That's just about our time for this Monday evening. But Sports Day was thanks to Nutrient Ag Solutions going further for Australian farmers. Find your local branch at nutrient.com at nutrient.com.au. I will be back with you tomorrow from 5pm after Hayes and Mardo on the run home. Look forward to your company then, but uh, keep it locked here on SEN across the rest of your night and into the morning. We'll see you then.